everyone. Thank you so much for hopping on. This is Jackie Cooper with Crypto Mom 2 and the Blockchain Legal Institute. I would like to always remind you to like and subscribe as there are many really interesting conversations that are already in the queue and that will be released in the next week or so, even less than that, because I'm really excited about having them be shared with everyone. So for those that are new to the Crypto Mom 2, I'll give you a little bit of background before I introduce my guest. And I'm really excited to speak with him because he's in the Twitter space. He's in the finance space and his background is phenomenal. So uh, for those that don't know uh, about me, I am doing very non-traditional legal blockchain consulting. I'm all about education. I'm all about making sure that everyone stays empowered within this space so that way you can make proper informed decisions. And I'm all about making sure you can do your due diligence by finding resources that are reliable, not opinion-based, and that um, actually provide you with um, the information so you can do deeper dives. And that's one of the reasons why I created the Blockchain Legal Institute. It's not just about laws. There's a whole host of resources there. It's a centralized library for a decentralized um, world. It has information about AI, blockchain, Web3, NFTs, um, Bitcoin, Ethereum, you name it, the information's there. It does talk about laws around the world, both in the United States as well as in other countries, because that is important. We are all impacted by any time that a country says you can't get, a, you can't have access to a token or you can't, um, you know, do a certain thing. That's a law that's impacting us. So it's the other reason why I'm a very strong advocate for this is as citizens of the world and whichever country you're listening from, if you have the ability to vote, it's really important that you vote. It's really important that you educate yourself about the policies that are happening in your states, your cities, and your country. Because if our policymakers are not educated or don't have input from you, they don't know who the community is. And because we are all navigating now blockchain, cryptocurrency, and a whole host of other products as a result of this, it's really important that you stay educated as a consumer because we have to do our own due diligence, but then you also reach out and you become advocates for those that you are part of, which is this decentralized community. So with that being said, I'm going to hop over to Wolf Financial and welcome you to um, Crypto Mom 2. How are you doing today? Living the dream. Thank you for having me on. <laughs> I love having you here. Now, where are you located? You're not in the States. Where are you? No, I am in the States right now. I travel no. a lot, but ah. I'm currently in Baltimore, Maryland. Next week, I'll be in California. Got it. Got it. Got it. So for some reason, I kept thinking you were in the UK right now. So, um, and that's all good. So I don't know if you know this, but I'm also Maryland based. So we're actually neighbors without even realizing it. <laughs> so that's awesome. That's awesome. So um, tell me more about how you actually got started and um, what your vision is for um, your platform. For those that are listening on the audio side, hop over to the YouTube side. And for those that are driving or listening without paper and pen, don't worry. I will put all the, the links in the blog below so you can come back and uh, click on where you can reach out and get educated through Wolf Financial. But tell us more about how you got started. 
Absolutely. I have a pretty traditional finance background. I went to school for finance, studied it, got a degree, worked at Goldman Sachs doing private wealth management. I was dealing with a lot of high net worth individuals, really was able to build up those people skills. I worked at a private equity firm called Versa Capital Management, which I think is a great experience as well to hit both the public and the private markets, gain a deeper understanding. And then I entered into the startup world right around the time when COVID was hitting. There was a lack of opportunity, I would say, at the firm I was at because of COVID. It was stunted and there was more opportunity, it seemed, in that startup world, even though, of course, it is a jump right to run to that. And so I ended up beginning to build in the startup world. And at first I was working on an app and then slowly I transitioned over and started working on social media. And I got to this point where I was really enjoying social media, but I wasn't totally sure about it. And then spaces became a thing. And this was over two years ago at this point, but the Twitter team started to roll out the Spaces product. I heard a couple of Spaces. I was entranced by them. I ended up reaching out to the Twitter team, several different people, several times, and decently quickly was able to get access to the product. And I became the first person to host organized panels on Twitter Spaces. In the awesome. beginning, they were, yeah, been a while, but in the beginning, they were all finance. Um, eventually, there, I'll talk about this as we kind of get into it. There was kind of the introduction of, crypto, there was the introduction of NFTs, of blockchain, and all those things into the spaces world, and that's still going today. Um, but now I have been hosting full-time for 20 months, doing 30 to 40 hours a week, plus everything else that I've got going on. And it's just kind of kept them going. So that's what's helped to build the platform. And now it's come into a couple of companies and Wolf Financial's expanded out. So are you primarily, would you say, an education informational network, or are you also dealing with products and services that you offer clients? Um, because I, for the moment, am on the educational consulting side. How have yeah. you navigated this? I think we're perfectly in the middle. So my show <laughs> certainly is educational. People can come and learn things on a daily basis. I do hours and hours of personal finance content, blockchain content, right? We're doing one on Tuesday talking about launch pads, IDOs, a bunch of these different pieces, uh, DeFi, liquidity, all these areas. So there's a lot of education uh, really across a wide spectrum, I would say. At the same time, though, we're educating the masses. And whenever you're talking to the masses, you have an audience and you're able to monetize that audience. So I've been able to turn my educating into a business where the companies can come on and they can sponsor AMAs, they can sponsor ad reads, and they can work their ways in. And that's the beauty to it, right? The education draws the audience and then that allows me to monetize and that makes it a circle that allows me to keep going. So are you doing anything within uh, the NFT space in terms of having your content kind of be dropped into an NFT or are you doing, how are you, uh, are you using the blockchain? Are you using some of these tools um, or are you just kind of, and I don't say just because there's no such thing as a just, are you in the more the traditional side of educating? Yeah, I'm personally, my most of my usage of blockchain is payments, right? Items like that, uh, advising. So speaking with firms that are in early areas. And to be honest, a lot of things which I advise these early stage firms about aren't necessarily even just blockchain things. They're things that any early stage firm would have to understand. But yeah. especially because they're in the blockchain world, they have to nail them kind of off the bat, whether that is who's going to be working on this as a team, how are we going to get hiring down, how should we build out our website, what should our white paper look like, how can we build a social presence that's acceptable, right, which comes first, how do we market it, all those type of pieces are things which I'm helping with, and they happen to be blockchain companies or other companies, I can kind of speak to both. Uh, personally, 
I would say my split of content is definitely, I have plenty of traditional content and then I'm usually doing probably about four to five hours a week on some more of the blockchain topics. And that's where we're getting more educational. I have a recurring DeFi section every single week. I have a recurring, uh, I would call it kind of a mastermind collaborative session each week, which leans Web3. But for example, last week we did health and wellness in Web3, right? Hey, you're a Web3 DGen. How do you still stay healthy? Pieces yeah. along the lines. And we've kind of mixed different things like that in. So I would say leaning educational, um, but certainly have no problem getting hands on. But when it comes to the technical side, I'm not going to be the one building out a token or anything like that at this point, maybe in the future. Yeah, no, I... Um, for me, I'm a little bit, um, uh, because I'm also in the teaching space in elementary, even though I've kind of navigated it to the adult side. Um, and because I'm writing the Bitcoin Cinderella books, I wanted to have a hands-on understanding of how do you create an NFT? What is a node? And I'm also a Bitcoin miner. So I, I've, I've tried to, even though I might not be very good at it, I've tried to understand the tech side of it. Um, you mentioned something that was very interesting to me, uh, which I agree with, um, whether you're a blockchain company or a traditional company, there's certain basics that in order to succeed, you always need to have, um, and that's the team that you have to have. And that team might include besides the CEO or the marketing person, it might include someone who writes a white paper. And so I'm really interested on, I'm going to ask you, you know, some questions related to that because um, Blockchain Legal Institute, I do have information about white papers and um, what's about to come will be what to look in a white paper because a lot of that is traditional legal language, but you need to have a lot. And I know when I first did Crypto Mom too, I was looking at certain tokens and reading the white papers to see, is there an address? Do we know who the person is? Even though, even if you know the person, it doesn't mean that there's um, a solid company behind it simply because they put their name on it. So when when you are are trying to give guidance to these blockchain companies who are looking at, and for those that are listening, white paper is a business plan, <laughs> basically, um, with a little bit of, of a blockchain vocabulary in it as to how you're going to be maybe doing your smart contracts or some other things. How do you advise them on that? You know, um, if do you pull in experts for that area or, or are you an expert in that area or how do you create the team? Yeah, it's usually, so I'm pretty good with the basics of what they're going to need to have in there because yeah. I do so many AMAs on spaces where the first thing we're asking them is, all right, let's go through white paper. Let's talk about what's in here, right? So I'm just hearing over and over and over. And ultimately, I actually like to create a comparison between uh, due diligence in the regular financial world and due diligence in the crypto world exactly. and how they're not so dissimilar. What I care about as an investor is fundamentals, right? I don't right. care about hype and I don't care about necessarily someone's name because those aren't to me fundamentals. Uh, what fundamentals are is what's actually behind all that. And that's what the white paper is supposed to show me is the actual fundamental foundation of a business model, something that is new, right? Something that has a moat that they can actually protect, right? Something that's investable. These are the things which I'm looking for. So there's a lot of different pieces and they translate over for me. Now, when it comes to actually building out the nitty gritty of it, I might introduce them to someone, right? I might bring in somebody that's a dev. I work pretty closely with the team over at Wenmint. They are a launch pad. They've launched over a hundred different projects. So those guys have engineers and people that really understand and dig into this stuff and have written them themselves. So I can always make those introductions. For myself though, I know what I want to look for and I want to look for actual research and a foundation that's investable 
not just a big name or hype or something like that. So talking about the finance side, because again, we're going to kind of break down a business that's, um, you have a product, you have a service, and you're offering that, obviously. And like you said, the white paper will describe, hopefully, the content and just not the surface of it. Um, you, on any business, you have to, well, you don't, but you do, unless you're a charity. And even with a charity, you're accepting money. You're Whether you're accepting fiat or you're accepting crypto, um, even though the reason why I was going back and forth in my head is because you can volunteer. And so basically you're, there's no money attached to that. How do you advise or how are you consulting with companies about the point of sale operations and then setting up the proper accounting? Because especially if they are in the, um, the blockchain crypto world, that gets a little bit, uh, no matter what country you're in, you have to set up the systems correctly so you yeah. can actually um, document what's coming in. And then, you know, depending upon how the IRS classifies certain things, and you can say that there was profit or loss or things like that. So how do you help them build a team to understand that financial part of their business, which is critical because if they don't set it up properly, then they have to backtrack and that can cost them more money in the long run. I find that simplifying things is ultimately the end goal. And that happens from both sides. So if you want to actually sell something, you need to make it easy for a consumer to buy it, right? It can't yeah. be a complex process. It can't be 10 clicks, uh, 50 letter password and blank, blank, blank. That's just not going to work in this economy right here. Specifically, I'm talking about this, you know, maybe a year and a half, two years ago, it would work and people would go through the effort and they would bang their head against the wall, but you need to make it easy for <laughs> people to purchase. Um, right. I've seen systems get better and better. And what I recommend to people often in those situations is don't build your own go and find someone that has already done it or has built some type of SaaS, right? That you can just purchase that interface, plug into it and make it very easy. So these things have already been done. You don't need to go and reinvent the wheel. You should go and use the wheel, right? So that's where I try to start off with from the front end. Um, some of them have just gotten really easy at this point. And, and even like um, they're, building out, they're building out affiliate systems. I've seen all these type of things, which you've seen in the traditional world, but now are making their way over. Now, ultimately there's going to be some type of way for people to purchase things through their wallet easily the same way as using a credit card. And that's where, where it's going to be seamless. It's not quite there at this point, right? But it's going to get to that point and that's going to be the end goal. On the back end, you're completely correct. When it comes to tracking, I think that you just have to be detail-oriented, right? If you are going to have sales and take in crypto and send out crypto and pay people and have all this team, uh, you need to build a system for it or use a system. So there basically are like a Salesforce type CRM that people can use for the crypto side. And what I recommend is finding this first step, find an accountant or a CPA that understands these things, right? Understands blockchain and how to work with it right off the bat and then work together with that CPA to build out your system. When I had a bunch of crypto transactions in 2021 uh, or 2022, I suppose, uh, the first thing that I went in and did was I found a crypto lawyer and a crypto CPA. And I said, okay, how are we going to work through these pieces? And I just recommend businesses start with that off the bat, at least get advice from the person, right? I understand you might have to spend a few hundred bucks to get their input in the beginning, but get that input, say, how should we build this out from an expert like that? Then build to their vision or just implement some type of Salesforce-like system and have it. So that's what I think. Simplify it on the user purchasing end. 
uh, by using maybe an API that's already been built or trying to think, how can we cut down on all these clicks? How can someone make it super easy to go to our page? How do we make it look appealing as well to purchase? And then on the other side, just from day one, working with experts and people that actually understand that. And if you're not going to, you better be extremely meticulous with documenting every transaction. You might have some type of you know, Excel type system that everything's going through with a lot of data points that can be easily sought through afterwards. So that's kind of my take on it. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I know that... Um in doing the interviews over the past few years, and it, just like you, I've seen how um, the blockchain and cryptocurrency market and businesses have developed point of sale systems to make it easier to integrate within businesses. Yeah. And also um, in working with the legal and accounting community, um, I've also seen there are um, various platforms like Coinly and some others that have been developed that are specific for businesses to help um, grab the content that is within your QuickBooks or other financial portal to be able to create the documents to make it easier for you to give to your accountant as well, um, You know, which makes it then easier, um, and I'm US-based, so I'm thinking about the IRS, to, you know, for doing that so you um, maybe don't have the audits that you could have if you were under-reporting or reporting in an inaccurate way. So they're definitely, and for those that are, are listening to Crypto Mom 2, there are a number of interviews that I've already posted and that I'm about to post, which talk about accounting systems. So definitely take a listen. And then also, if you have already subscribed to the Blockchain Legal Institute, there's actually a, a vertical just for attorneys and accountants. And it can be for businesses too, because it will provide resources. Some of the resources are free and some of them are um, subscription-based. So depending upon the type of business that you are um, within your platforms, like you said, there are APIs that might not cost you if you are new to the game. Um, so I sort of mentioned this, so I'm going to go down this path now. What about attorneys? Being one myself, you know, I am... Um, in the blockchain space, and I definitely, um, I've seen, it's been very interesting to me to, when I first started, it was like, there was very, very few listed as having a practice. Now it's like, I don't want to say it's the niche thing to do or the trend to do, but I see so many more that have, that say that they have a blockchain knowledge. Um, every company needs a knowledgeable attorney. Um, what, how have you navigated advising some of the people that you're working with on where to find the lawyers that have a basis for this? Because this is an evolving space. It's hard to keep up with everything that's going on. I advise them to do it the same way I did it, which is reach out to friends that you trust who are involved in the space and ask for their contacts, right? Uh, that's how I ultimately did it. I had a friend who was pretty involved in the space, had already launched multiple projects. I DM'd him and said, hey, I need a crypto lawyer. I need somebody that can help me out with this stuff. Yeah. And he said, cool, I've got you. You know, this is my guy and send me that. So I think it's just working through that chain. Um, you can go search online, right? You can find that way. I'm sure even at this point, like you said, it's expanded as a niche. So there's more and more people doing it, which means there's more people advertising their services. So if you go and you type for crypto lawyer or something like that, like you'll probably be able to find one, but I like working through my friends through the chain. Um, and then once I find someone, I try to stick with them and, you know, if they're really not that person, okay, whatever, I'll move on and ask someone else. Like, Hey, you have a couple of recommendations. Uh, 
work in your network. I think that's the best way to do it. I would agree with you about working the network. I also would, um, you're knowledgeable, but for those that are new to this space, I would learn how to ask questions, you know, um, and ask really detailed questions. Uh, and if you're not sure what questions to ask, um, you know, uh, think about what you don't know, and what you need to know. And like you said, ask your friends um, who are in the space as well. It's, it is a community and it's important that you find someone that will support you, but also um, will do the research and not, um, this is one of the reasons why, sorry, lawyers, this is one of the reasons why I'm not very much of a fan of my own profession. It's that hourly rate because I, you know, for me, the reason why I've gone non-traditional is I would rather help and serve, not always bill the hours. So you you also need for those that are looking at finding a lawyer, you see if you can negotiate the, that hourly rate, because and if you can't do it as a flat rate, because you know every little bit of starting a new business costs something, and you do need you do need your team, but you need to be able to reinvest back in your business, and sometimes that um, that hourly rate is going to eat you alive. So. Um... <laughs> Yeah, it can. It can. You know, and it depends on how much you're going to need somebody, right? How many hours, how many things you're running into. At this point, um, I just have a, uh, I just have a monthly retainer, basically, that I just pay. Perfect. And then that's and perfect. I don't have to think about, hey, if I need, if I have a question, I just call. And I'm, I'm paying that every month. So I try to use it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's perfect. I, lo I love that idea. So um, I know that you, with Wolf Financial, you cover a lot of different topics. There's been a lot of ups and downs within the, the crypto space. There's been a lot of challenges within the exchanges, um, the centralized exchanges. Are there certain things that you would like to kind of um, talk about for giving guidance to people as to what to look for or what um, not so much investment advice, because this show is not investment advice nor legal advice, but how to make proper financial decisions. What, and also I'm sure you, you have, like you said, a variety of shows that are in different niches. Um, where, when should they tune in to kind of listen to you? Um, and how would they reach out to you? Well, those two last questions are easy. Anybody can go to my page at Wolf underscore financial on Twitter and any uh, Sunday, usually around 2 p.m., I will post a full schedule of spaces for the week. So it's got usually around 20 to 30 different topics, times, things around those. And people can set their reminders. Uh, you get it all on there. Also, if you want to make it even easier, if you sign up for my newsletter, which has a link in my bio, I will email you all the times and topics and links every Monday morning. Um, I make it very easy for people to find all the shows and I tag all the speakers. You will know who's on every show. Um, I think it's about as publicized and transparent of a show that there is out there. Um, on the first part, which you were stating, can you remind me of the question there? I believe it was around. Yeah, I know. Uh, it was It was around the uh, the when people are getting getting started into the crypto space and the financial space right, right. they look at they look at the centralized platforms and then they discover the decentralized ones and they discover all the other alternatives yeah. but what's the best way for them to kind of do some research as to how to navigate this i mean that's a really broad question especially yeah. because of the fact that 
Um, most people are who are new are just learning, but any guidance you might want to give. Yeah. And then I also forgot to say, but Twitter is also the best way to get in touch with me. Anybody can DM me through Apple underscore financial. Uh, it's a great question and it's tough because unlike the publicly traded market, with a publicly traded market, somebody could ask me about a stock or a company and I could have no idea, never heard of it. But within about 15 minutes, I can have a pretty good idea of exactly who they are, what they do. I can look through their filings. I can see how much money they make. I can see how much money they lose, right? I know who the CEO is, how long they've been there, all these pieces. And I have a couple of websites that are built for that type of research, right? I just go, I plug in the name, spits out to me everything I need. I could even do it through ChatGPT nowadays. It's got all that information out there. So what I tell people is as much as possible, replicate that same process for these other things. Now you want to go in with a healthy dose of skepticism, in my opinion, uh, into any investment, right? Two big rules for any investment. The first one is if it's too good to be true, it is, it is, that's it. If it's too good to be true, it is not true. Uh, it is in fact false <laughs> and you are being lied to. And uh, you should understand that. And the sooner that you understand that, the less money you'll have to lose to understand it. The second piece and this is also uh, pretty key, I would say, is if you don't know where the yield or the revenue or the reward is coming from, it's coming from you. You are the yield. You are the exit liquidity, right? That is that is two things which you have to know going into this. So what I recommend is the same way that I would go and research a company and I'd first look at governance, right? I dig through the team. What's their backgrounds? Have they run a company like this before? Have they built it? How much revenue do they make? Did they ever sell it off? Have they ever been accused of anything, right? I would start with a team, work through all of them. And then number two, let's talk fundamentals. How much money does this make? How many expenses does it have? Is it losing money? Is it gonna make money anytime soon? Am I gonna realistically get any type of payout from this in the future, right? Because I make my investments to make money. Maybe other people do it differently, but that's how I do it. And number three, specifically with these crypto projects is where the blockchain pieces come in, right? So tokenomics, blockchain, actually digging into the details and seeing, hey, did the team allocate 50% of the token for themselves pre-launch, right? Are they all basically just sitting on this thing ready to dump on us the second it gets to a certain point? Is their technology actually anything interesting, right? Did they just slap keywords on this and say, hey, we've got the next new thing. And instead, every you know, 100 people have done this already. They have a minuscule of a slight different idea. And there's no actual way this is going to work. You're just being sold something that is a lie, right? So those are a lot of the pieces that I would kind of start with from the top down, building out uh, the sector, right? Looking at comparisons to other companies. Once you start doing that, that's when you're, I think, really getting into your expert analysis stage is actually when you start doing comparisons uh, across the sector of that specific type of company uh, and so on and so forth. So I'll keep it decently high level, but that's where I would start. So you mentioned a number of things. I was taking notes as you were talking. Um, the other thing I'm going to say right at the start, um, if you are investing, be willing to lose whatever you invest. So do not put money into something that you absolutely need for your mortgage, your rent, your college. You know, again, um, you know, look at you know the the type of money that you're 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 using. So because a lot of times people, like you said, think that it's it's a great risk because there's so much that is promised, but in fact, it's not. You said two words, exit liquidity, mm -hmm. buzzwords for me, from the perspective that um, even though, and again, you, you were talking about looking at the team and everything else like that, 
even if they you see these individuals have had success in the past, it doesn't mean that this business won't fail and that they that that the liquidity that is there won't exit and they take it. So again, I'm not trying to be a negative for anyone, but again, think about um, you know, that factor. And 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 also on that point, nobody's great forever, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, Michael Michael Jordan, arguably the greatest basketball player of all time. Last three seasons, he sucked. You know, <laughs> you weren't going to win with him. And you know what? Somebody could have come along and they could have built a bunch of great companies and their last three could be terrible and they could be losers. And you have to be aware of that, right? Um, so big pieces also kind of have hinted towards this, but obviously if a project is not willing to tell you who the people are behind it, right. it's pretty clearly a fraud. I think it's just my thought is always, if you are building something and you are asking other people to put money into it, you're likely proud of it, right? You're likely excited that you've built it. And if you're unwilling to put your name on it, I don't believe that you're excited about what you're building. I just believe you're excited to take people's money. So that's my thoughts. No, um, I, I I agree with you on the fact that there should be transparency. So for those that might be new to this and you talk about, you know, the tokenomics and the 50%, you know, that the owners might have given to themselves, where would they find that information? I mean, again, sometimes people don't know where to look and yeah. they miss things. So um, that, that stood out to me as a Full really circle. important, yeah. Yeah, we're full circle here because that's ideally in the white paper. Uh, that is where it should be. If it's not, if it's not in there, uh, that's a red red flag right off the bat, right? It, it has to be in there. Um, and if you have to go to the team and ask for it or ask them to put it in there, I probably would recommend not investing. Well, and then the other thing you had talked about a list of other you know financial things to look at. Um, do you think that it would be on the platform or do you, where would they be? Where would someone who might be investing look on that? Yeah, it should be easily discoverable on their website and they should have a full website built out, not a link tree. And on that way, it's because here's the thing. It's not difficult to build a website. Trust me. I have no, like, I, okay, I, I took a couple of coding classes, but I didn't even use them. I just went on GoDaddy and you can just take a template, right? So if somebody's not, building one, it's because they don't want to. And why don't they want to? It's because they want to make it harder for you to find information. So unless the information is easily accessible and directly on the website, they're hiding something from you or they're lazy. And I also don't invest in lazy people. Understood. Understood. No, these are all great points. I, I know we could talk for hours and for days because this is something that is very interesting to me, especially as blockchain businesses are growing and developing. And I do think that um, there are a lot of standards that are being developed, both by the GBBC, by the UN, by the GBA and different associations that are out there. So that way individuals can see if, um, if they've met these standards, but the businesses are growing so fast then not every business is getting what I will call the good housekeeping seal of approval, just because these standards are not yet global. You know, they're yeah. being developed um, like the plane is flying. We're building it as we go to, to determine how do we create the best ethical standards to protect the consumer, even though the consumer has a responsibility themselves, but also to support and help the blockchain entrepreneur. Um, because we want these businesses to succeed and sometimes they are 
very creative and new to the space and they need mentors as well. So um, any last minute thoughts before we sign off? Because, uh, you know, again, um, it's been wonderful chatting with you. And I know that the service that you're providing is really important for people who are exploring both traditional as well as the, the blockchain space. So any last minute thoughts that you have? First off, thank you so much for having me on the show. Appreciate that uh, immensely. And the other thing, only other thing I would say is you are not... Uh, unlike popular sentiment seems to think, you don't need to jump into an investment at the very first second uh, in order to be successful. There's usually a length of time with these things. Take the time, do your due diligence, do your research, talk to other people. And if something uh, seems off, you know, dig into that, right? If there's somebody online that's making claims, why, why are they saying that, right? And if you go to a firm and they're like, that's just FUD, you know, that's not really an answer, right? And so you really want to kind of take your time to dig into things. You don't need to hit 20 great investments. You just need five, right? Five good ones. And that's what's going to get you there. It's like Warren Buffett says, it's not often raining gold, but when it does rain gold, put out the bucket, not the thimble, right? So that's what my goal is. But you need to figure out when it's gold and when it is acid that is coming down outside. So that's what I leave people with. Yeah, no, I think that's great advice. Um, and, you know, for those that are in this space, definitely, um, subscribe to my channels. It's all about education. It's all about making sure that if you have a question, you ask it. So message me. I will try to find someone in the space that has some knowledge. Um, and there are many, many different people who have different knowledge. I've been mentored by a lot of different individuals. And you, the other thing is make sure you can hear the same thing the same way twice. Because if you hear it one way and then you hear it a different way, then maybe the information is not true. So if you if you see it from multiple sources in the same way, then more than likely that it will be correct. So again, do your due diligence and research. Um, you know, I encourage everyone to go to the Blockchain Legal Institute, check that out. That's why I created the centralized library. Um, so you would have a variety of resources. But again, um, I'm all about helping everyone. So just message me. And if you don't have an answer to a question, I will reach out to those in my network and find the answer and post it and share it. Because if you have that question, someone else has that question too. <laughs> so anyway, thank you so much for being on. And for everyone, as I always say at the end of all my shows, be kind to yourself, be kind to others. We are so interconnected. We're all part of one world and now more than ever. So have a great day and I'll talk to you soon. Bye guys.